Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, sometimes it looks like it's been overflogged, uh, but we do not take it for granted that you are giving us this privilege uh, to come into your homes. Um, some are going to be watching this live. Uh, some are going to be watching this live. Um, thank you for joining us. Some are going to be watching at some other time. Thank you also for joining us. So very quickly, if you are on the stream, uh, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, please do me a favor. All right, will you, will you do that? Will you? Yes, say yes. All right, so please, um, very quickly, if you're on YouTube, just click the share button. You have a link. And look for a few friends, maybe five friends, maybe ten friends that you know that the word of God will benefit them. Just share the link with them very quickly. I say I would love for you to join me in church. Uh, if you're on Facebook, it's a lot easier. You just share and you host a watch party. Just invite everybody, 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 everybody. Let us, let us feast on the words together. Praise God. I said praise God. Two announcements very quickly. Um, the details for IGOC. 2020 out already. Praise God. I can hear some of you screaming in your homes. Praise God. Um, uh, so we will bring you the, the, the trailer and, and all those on Sunday. Um, please watch out for that. Registration, I believe, is open. It's free. Absolutely free, but registration is required and there are some perks that come with registration just to incentivize you to register. Praise God. All right, but the two things I wanted to mention quickly before we go into the word is that I have been, I have been, I, I'm trying to look for a word that will make it sound nice. I have been, I have been summoned. Hmm, that's a big word. I have been summoned, I have been accused, all right, of not doing a good thing in that Every time I talk about um, the morning prayers, uh, I just talk about it casually, like it's just pastor brain or pastor and a few leaders or pastor and a few workers, and that the messaging has not been clear in terms of people understanding that this is open to everyone. And for that, I sincerely do apologize, all right? Um, I'm, I'm sorry that I have assumed that you understood the messaging. So just to be clear, as a church since December 2019. The first time we did this was June 2019. We did it throughout the, the fasting every morning, 5 to 6 a.m. All right, we spent time in God's presence, praying, seeking his face, and enforcing his will upon the earth. We did that in June. We did that again in December during the fast. And by the Spirit of, of the Lord, we, we were so sure that we couldn't stop. So since then, all through January, February, March, April, now in May, we are still doing it every day. Um, so the details will be on your screen. We use the Mixellar platform. Um, I know there are some of you who believe you cannot wake up at 5. And we see that you've been joining the prayers at some other time. So all the prayer sessions are still there uh, for some people who are looking for a prayer companion all right, when you're praying by yourself, you can only pray two minutes, you can only pray five minutes, and then you can go just pick on any of the days that you would have pastor praying with you or one of our associate ministers praying with you, and that's where you grow your prayer stamina. And for each and every one of us, really, I will encourage you, if you can, to join live at 5 a.m. Eastern time, that's the Toronto time here, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., just one hour. 
all right, every day, every weekday. Wednesday, we call it drenched. That is our usual church prayer meeting day. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. That's our additional praying days. Um, and if you are going to enter into the fullness of what God is doing this season, there will be need for an increase in your capacity in the place of prayer. So please, apologies if that messaging hasn't come out clear. Just to make it very clear, that prayer is open to everybody. All right? So please join us. This is my invitation to you. Join us to pray. Praise God. The second announcement, quickly, um, before we go into the Word, is um, that our Tuesday study groups have started. Uh, we've been having an amazing time studying God's Word in small groups. So if you want to be a part of that, um, just send Connect. There's a number of your screen. Somebody will get in touch with you and hook you up. All right? And if it, if this is also your first time of connecting with us here at KICC Online. We would just like to know you more. We would like to connect with you. Uh, we would like to show you what this family looks like. And uh, also, please send connect to that number. And then we will get in touch with you. Someone will get in touch with you. And then we'll pick it up from there. Praise God. Praise God for those who have been... Uh, have, for those who have had testimonies to share and I've been able to send them in. We thank you for the rest of you. You are not sure. Should I testify? Should I not testify? I have been blessed. Um, I don't want them to know. Yes, all the glory goes to Jesus who did it. Um, but it's going to be encouraging to someone just to know that this is what Jesus still does. He's still in the business of saving, of healing, of delivering. All right. So please send in your testimonies to encourage someone. We want to cook up um, stories of flimsy, um, um, cunningly devised, devised um, fables and stuff. We want to do that. So we are hoping that you will share because we know God is doing amazing things in our midst. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Let's go straight into the Word. Straight into the Word. Straight into the Word. Bring out your Bibles. Get your pens. Get your notepads. Get your smart devices. And let us dive into the Word. Let's dive into the Word. Father, we thank you for inspiration by your Spirit that the hearts of your children are open to receive your Word. And each and every one of us will be changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Amen. So over the past few weeks, we've been examining the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. The ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you've missed any of the previous sessions, please look for them and find time to, to soak it in. Not just to listen passively as though you were playing uh, background music, but to listen actively, all right? The, the resources are there on YouTube, Facebook. Um, Spotify, iTunes, AudioMac, it's everywhere and it's free. So please look for it, all right? But just to recap and to bring you to where we are, we started with some characteristics of the Holy Spirit, saying that the Holy Spirit is not a thing, he is a person, is not God's new idea for the new believer. The Holy Spirit has been there from the beginning and the Holy Spirit is God's promise to his family, all right, to establish that, that these are the days of his power. And we read from the book of Joel, chapter 2, 23, how God says to us to be glad and to rejoice for the rain. He's caused the former rain moderately and also the latter rain. The rain, the former and the latter. And then we talked about the former rain, which is um, the workings of the Spirit upon. And we saw 
examples in Scripture of exploits that were done in the Old Covenant by persons, individuals, men, women, who were under the power of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And then last week, I believe, we delved deeper into the workings of the Spirit within the spirit within wonderful wonderful teaching i will encourage you to get it praise god so today we are going to take it a step further and we are going to be examining the symbols of the holy spirit the symbols of the holy spirit that's what we're going to be looking at today and next week wednesday by god's grace the symbols of the holy spirit there are four of them that we are going to be looking at. Of course, these are not the only four symbols that are used in Scripture to describe the Holy Spirit, but for the purpose of our study, these are the four that we are going to be examining. For example, part of the description that Scripture uses as a dimension of the Holy Spirit's working in a believer is a similitude or a symbolism with intoxication. Intoxication, it says, be not drunken with wine, Wherein is excess, it says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's an additional dimension that we are not considering for the purpose of our discourse. For the purpose of our discourse, we'll be looking at four symbols. We'll pick two today. By God's grace, if Jesus tarries, we'll delve into the, the, the next two next week, Wednesday. Next week, Wednesday. All right, so the four symbols we are going to be looking at are oil. Oil, O-I-L, O-I-L, or if you are from some portion of the world, you, you might spell that as O-Y-E-L. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Someone is saying, PD is too early. Ah, message has never started. You are joking. So I'm going to be serious. Okay. Oil, O-I-L. Um, we're going to look at fire. Fire. F-I-R-E. All right. Uh, we're going to look at wind. W-I-N-D, and then we're going to look at dove, dove, not the soap, amen, amen. I said I was going to be serious. D-O-V-E, dove, all right, and those are the four symbols of the Spirit that we'll be looking at by God's grace. I'm sure you're going to learn. Not only are you going to be informed, you're going to be instructed by Spirit. Revelation will hit you, and your life will be transformed. In the mighty name of Jesus, praise God. All right, let's go to scriptures. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. Acts chapter, I'm sure you have your Bibles, and if you don't, all right, we can read from the screen. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, because we are good Bible students, many believers think Pentecost means the coming of the Holy Spirit. No, it was an agricultural festival, all right? It was a festival. It was Pentecost. So, um, for some denominations that believe in the ministry of the Spirit, we've been tagged as Pentecostals um, just because of this event that took place on the time of Pentecost. Um, so, they were all gathered together in one accord, in one place. Verse 2, it says, verse 2, let's move on. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. As of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. Let's go on. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Another version says cloven tongues as of fire. 
and one sat upon each of them. All right, let's pay attention to these descriptions. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. I said praise God. You know, I mentioned this last week that all of this teaching apart from the fact that we are growing in our knowledge of Scripture and in our knowledge of Christ, is to, to begin to stir up an expectation, hunger on your inside. And that at the end of this series, we will be having an impartation service, which if this were an academic environment, we will call the practical session to back up the theory we've learned in class. But notwithstanding, do not wait. Do not wait till that impartation service, as the word comes forth, some of you are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. As the, as the word comes forth, some of you are receiving giftings. All right, so please keep your, 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 your senses alive and alert, sensitive, your antennas up to receive what is being communicated. For these words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right, so why are we talking about the symbols of the Holy Spirit? We must understand that the book that we have been given as the constitution of our kingdom and as the guidebook, as, as a critical instruction manual, booklet, it, it, it captures the will of God for us. And it is important for us to understand how to understand the Bible. Hmm. All right. Means that we don't read the Bible as a normal book. We don't just read it like newspaper or non-fiction or sci-fi. The Bible isn't sci-fi. Neither is it an history book. The, the Bible is in history. All right. It contains historical facts that have been historically confirmed and archaeologically confirmed, yes. But it is not a book of history. It is a book of life. All right, and the book comes alive when the spirit of the author unveils what is written to you. Praise God. Are we still together? Praise God. All right, so we are considering these symbols uh, because the Bible uses um, the literally the, the literal tools or skills deployed in scripture involve using symbolisms and metaphors that will point to an example of one thing using another. Um, and, and what that means is that it, does, it is not a transfer of absolute characteristics. It is, it, is, it, is, it is telling you, emphasizing certain characteristics uh, using a concept that one is already familiar with. All right, so just to break that down a bit, um, for instance, a good example. The Bible says, uh, please put up Proverbs 28 verse 1. Proverbs 28 verse 1. The Bible says here, it says that the wicked flee when no one pursues. It says, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now there is a symbol used there, which is a lion. The Bible says that the righteous person, all right, one of the characteristics of a lion that you will also find in a righteous man or woman or in a believer is boldness. Boldness. So it's not saying that the righteous is a lion. It's saying that the righteous have that characteristic of boldness. As you see a lion, fearless, bold, all right, you know, territorial dominance, all right, that you should see a believer who knows who they are, 
understands their place in Christ, their inheritance, the authority that they execute in his name, delegated authority, that you will see such a person irrespective of their size. They know I am the king in this place. Are you still with me? All right, so there's that lioness, pardon my French, there's that, there's that dominion mindedness. There is that there is that territorial sovereignty, all right, that you'll find in a lion and that you should find in a good believer. Are we still together? Are we still together? All right. Genesis 49, let's see, verse 8 to 10. Genesis 49, 8 to 10. This is an example before we delve in. It says, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. These are interesting words. Judah is a lion's help. From the prey, my son, you have gone up, bows down. He lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who shall rouse him? All right? So this is where the concept of Judah being lion is from. It says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. That is rulership, again, kingship, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. This is, this, is, this is a solid messianic prophecy. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. So this is another description. When you read Genesis 49, and you see the words that um, Jacob used as prophetic declarations concerning his children, you will see all of that. All right? But we have, we have an imitator. We have an impostor. And then the Bible tells us about him also. He's seen all these great attributes of lions. And he too shows up. And he has to pick a characteristic. So let's go to First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Of all the characteristics of a lion, the only one the devil can pick is noise. Somebody say noise. He shouts. It's very loud. Baselessly loud. All right. It, uh, uh, de- frighteningly loud. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he says, he walks about, prowls, like, like, not a lion, but like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can you see that? All right. So we know that we have the lion. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah. We know as believers... We have territorial dominance, dominion, kingship, rulership. We are as bold as a lion. The enemy shows up, all right? He picks one characteristic also. He roars, shouts, threatens like a lion. Praise God. Praise God. So you can see how these symbols work. You can see how these symbols work. For, for example, you know, Jesus said he, says, he said, he said, be wise as serpents, but be gentle as doves. Like, it doesn't mean you are a serpent or you should be a serpent. Praise God. He's saying there's a dimension of cunningness. Maybe we'll talk about, about that another day. A dimension of cunningness and tact that you as sons and daughters of the kingdom need to have. Okay? I think that's fine. Let's deep dive into the meat of the matter. Oil. Oil. Somebody say oil. Praise God. Someone is waiting for me to spell the other spelling. No, we are serious business now. Somebody say oil. Praise God. All right, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. So remember, we are saying that there are certain characters of these elements or these symbols, all right, that point us to a character of the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are going to see what are those components or characteristics of oil that, that share similarities with the character of the person of the Holy Spirit. Is that fine? All right, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel 
took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. This is talking about David. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. All right. So the Bible tells us here that oil, oil, oil was poured upon a man. And by virtue of that physical transfer, something else took place in the spiritual. And that thing, you can't see it with your eyes. In fact, that evening or the next day, by the time the young man is taking a bath, is going to wash it off. Let's say it's very strong and sticky oil. Maybe the second day, maybe the third day. All right, it's going to have a bath and it's going to wash it off. He says, but there's something that's happened in the spiritual that you don't wash off. There is a spiritual transfer by virtue of a physical activity. Are you still with me this evening? All right, and he tells us that oil was poured upon him, but it was the spirit of God that came upon David. Praise God. I said, praise God. Okay, one of the principles of Bible interpretation is a principle called the principle of first mention. Um, that for you to understand a, a certain concept, you would need to visit where it was first introduced formally in context in Scripture. So part of what we're going to do this evening as good Bible students, praise God, is we're going to go and look for this oil, oil, you know, where did it show up first? What does the Bible say about, about oil? We're going to look at three components or three characters of oil that are similar with the person um, of the Holy Spirit and then how that in turn manifests in the workings of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Praise God. I said, praise God. Let's go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 28, Genesis chapter 28, Genesis 28. We'll pick a couple of verses there. Let's go to verse 7. Genesis 28, Genesis 28. It says, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Padan Aram, verse 8, verse 8. It says, also Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please his father, Isaac. So he decided to take a wife from the daughters of Canaan in a deliberate attempt to rebel against his father. Remember, uh, can, can, can we digress a little bit? Can we? I'm looking at the time. Let's digress for a minute. A minute. All right. Remember that when Jacob and Esau were in the womb, um, their father Isaac had sought the face of God, prayed for the wife, Rebecca. And it had been revealed that in our womb, she has two nations. Somebody said two nations. So here, even though he's being referred to as Jacob, we know that he will soon become a nation, a people. All right? Even though we are reading about Esau here, we know he also will soon become a people. Now, as far as Jacob and Esau were concerned, interesting story, interesting story here. The Bible tells us that Esau had lost his birthright and the blessing had gone to Jacob instead. And as far as Esau was concerned, he went to his father. He said, it, it, it can't be that difficult. I know what you did was you just prayed on a child. That's what you did. You just prayed on a child. Pray for me also. He had absolutely no understanding of how the blessing worked. That the blessing isn't just a prayer. It isn't just words. But it is a, it, it is, it is a tangible but intangible supernatural transfer of virtue. 
And what Isaac was essentially saying is that something has gone out of me and it's gone into Jacob. For me to be able to give it to you, I'm going to need to retrieve it and give it. And Esau is saying, I don't get it. What are you retrieving? There's nothing to touch. Did you give him a document? No. Did you sign anything? No. Was there any legal representative? No. Um, were there shared certificates? No. So what are you talking about? What? Say another word. He said, you don't get it. All right? And, and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He, he still did not get it. He was so sure that, oh, my life is done. My life is doomed. I won't make it in life. But years down the line, when he was going to reunite with his brother, you know, he was able to brag to Jacob. and said, oh, Jacob, you don't need to give me anything. I've made peace with you. See, I'm also blessed. You have servants. I have servants. You have cattle. I have cattle. Are you with me this evening? All right. You have cars. I have cars. You have a private jet. Amen. Amen. I have a private jet. You own property. I own property. You own businesses. I own businesses. You have kids. I've got kids. So what's the difference? What exactly is the blessing able to do for you that it has not done for me? And, and, and let me just say this very quickly. The dimension of the Spirit of God on your life will not look like it is producing superior physical things. But trust me, as long as you do not despise it, you will see the advantage. Because as far as Esau was concerned, it was good. It was good. It was good. Jacob was good. I'm sure he was measuring. Oh, his watch is, is LV. I'm, my belt is LV. Um, it's wearing Gucci. I'm wearing Gucci. All right, we both made it out. We, we, we both turned out for good. No, one had the blessing. The other one didn't have the blessing. And it is my prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice that what is rightfully yours, the enemy won't steal it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. That was a quick digression. Let's go on. Let's jump down to verse 16. 28 verse 16. It says, 16. It says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Somebody say the house of God. We are going all the way to 19. Somebody say the house of God. All right. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head. He set it up as a pillar, and then he poured oil on top of it. He poured oil on top of it, and he called the name of that place Bethel, meaning the house of the Lord, the house of God, but the name of that city had been lost previously. So he had an encounter. He had, he had an, 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 ex, an encounter with the God of Abraham, with the God of his father Isaac, all right? And initially, he didn't sense, he thought, ah, we are not digressing again. We'll, we'll stick. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So he built an altar. He called the place the house of God. And he's saying that if this place is going to be the house of God, then I am going to have to put a mark that will signify that this is not just random stones. This is not just a random altar. All right? So the oil coming upon as a key component in the house of God, follow me, suggests consecration. Somebody say consecration. So the first characteristic of oil that is an activity 
of the character of the person of the Holy Spirit is that it consecrates, it sets apart for special duty. Hmm. It sets apart for special duty. It sets apart for a special function. Are you still with me this evening? So consecration, there are many people who don't love consecration as a word. It, 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 it sounds like, and let me tell you, let me tell you the challenge, all right? It is saying that if you are really going to be a component of the house of God, there is going to be a, a degree of separation that will be required from you. Let me tell you what consecration means. It means that there will be there will be certain, like it says here, it says it had a name previously. The city had a name previously. My life had a name previously. My destiny, all right, had a name previously. My, my trajectory had a name previously. There were, there were things I, I could do. There were things, there were places I could go casually. I, I, I was essentially a, a free spirit. I could decide what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it. I could do drugs. I could do whatever. I could too blunt, I could, you know, womanize, whatever it is I wanted to do. Previously, I could, but there comes a time in the life of a believer that your previous, your previous existence becomes crucified following an encounter, and then you become the house of God. The house of God. And part of that transition isn't just a change of name isn't just incorporating a new document, isn't just getting a Christian baptismal name. It's not changing your name from, from Laquisha to Mary. No, no, no. It's guys, you need to pray for your pastor. Glory to God. It's not just a change of name, it's saying that there is a consecration. You can't try to continue to use the same vessel, the same temple for laws. It can't be the same temple. In Bethel, this is now the house of God. And it is the house of God as the oil has come for consecration. Child of God, part of what the Spirit of God wants to do with your life and in your life is a consecration, a setting apart. A setting apart that your lips are no longer lips for your pleasure. They are now lips for his pleasure. That your entire being, your entire body is no longer just your body. You reckon it as the shrine of the Holy Ghost, as the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is what oil does. It consecrates. And in the Spirit, I pour upon you the oil of God's Spirit, that you are set apart. Come on, come on, come on. I need your faith to rise in this moment. That by His Spirit, you are set apart. You are set apart for exploits. You are set apart for destiny. In this season, God is raising you up. God is raising you up. God is raising your children up. God is activating your destiny for exploits. In this season, by His Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, consecrated. We are consecrated. We are consecrated. We are set apart. We are set apart. Remember, this was Jacob. It wasn't even Israel. His name had not even been changed, all right, at this point. He had not even met his wife yet. He didn't know what was, it was, it was in a big time, all right, but he had, he had that inkling by the Spirit to know that this is the house of God. This is the house of God. Praise God. I said, praise God. Exodus 25. Exodus 25. This one, let's move very quickly. Let's move. Let's just read it fast. I'll read from verse 1 to 9. All right. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. All right. I said we read fast, but I'm reading verse two, and I'm imagining where Moses is checking if you bring if you're bringing your offering and you're squeezing your face. Say, go back, go back. You know that there are some churches that do that. When you're dancing and you're not dancing, you know, the person will send you back. Say, dance properly. Praise God. I'm sure that's the scripture they're standing on. All right. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. It says, gold, silver, and bronze. Isn't your God picky? He doesn't take anything, right? He doesn't do anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It says, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair. Why all this pickiness? Because we're talking about the house of God building the house of God. And remember, this is a shadow of the new covenant where this house that is decorated with gold, silver, precious to him, is the body. Your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood. All right? Oil for the light. Somebody say oil for the light. Hmm. Somebody say oil for the light. And spices for the anointing oil. And for the sweet incense, on onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Can you see? This is for Bethel, the house of God. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. Please leave it. Please leave it there. Now, what the scripture is telling us is that if you are going to have a transformation from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, if you are going to have an encounter that will change you from laws to Bethel, that will make you become the house of God, he's saying that this house of God isn't going to be anyhow. He's saying there is a pattern, there is a design that has to be followed. There is a pattern for how you are going to live this this life. There is, there is, there is, it's not, we don't get creative here. We don't get innovative here. There is, there is the place for innovation and creativity in our, in our interaction with presenting our God to our world. But in terms of, of, of establishing Bethel, in establishing his lordship, all right, he's saying that it has to be done according to pattern. And if it's going to be done according to pattern, there will be need for the spirit for consecration. One. Two, there will be need for the spirit for fuel. He says oil for light. Oil for light. Yes, we can go about how light gives revelation. It gives inspiration. It gives illumination. But it, the context there is fuel. 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 All right. That they, 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 there will be a source. There will be a source that it keeps burning. Praise God. I know there are some listening, not just with their physical ears, but with the ear of the Spirit. And for those listening with the ear of the Spirit, what I'm about to say next now, you are going to understand it. The rest might not understand it, but you will understand it. The oil of consecration comes upon, and it lasts you the journey. The oil of consecration, so long as you stay in pattern and obedience, all right, you stay in pattern, in obedience, you remain consecrated. That oil comes, all right? But the oil for fuel, it needs constant refilling. All right, somebody got that. Somebody got that. Exodus 27, let's go to verse 20. Exodus 27, verse 20. Oil for light. Oil for light. Or do you not know that your body is the temple 
All right, let's read this. They want us to read this now. This is 1 Corinthians 6. Um, 1 Corinthians 6. Let's read it. Please leave it. Leave it. 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, whom you are from God, and you are not your own? You are not your own. You are according to pattern. You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Which are God's. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Exodus 27 verse 20. 27? No, not this one. All right, they don't have it. They don't have it yet. All right. Um, Leviticus 6, 13, Exodus 27, 20. Part of the requirement is that you will never get to a point or a state where the oil, the fuel, stops burning. Where the fuel stops burning. You should never get to that state where, you know, you have a million gallons at the end of the month when you have a special service or a special anniversary and then the rest of the year is essentially no burning or just flickering. Hmm. 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 Constantly burning. All fire on your altar day and night. Fuel constantly burning. Spirit of God, the oil of his spirit, consecration. Consecration. Fuel. Fuel. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil. Pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamb to burn continually. That's the one I wanted. To burn continually. And then the, the, the record in Leviticus 6.13 tells us about, about it burning day and night. Day and night. Continually burning. This is my prayer. For as many under the sound of my voice, that the fire of God upon your life will continually burn. That your fuel, the fuel, the energy to keep going. Not, not, not to keep going as inspired by physical events or circumstances, but by the oil of his spirit. It will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So the oil of God upon the life of the believer. For consecration, number one. Number two, for fuel. It eventually brings light. It causes the fire to burn. We will come to fire shortly. Alright, for consecration. Alright, number one. Number two, for fuel. Fuel. It will be, it's amazing how the, the scripture puts it this way. Therefore, it is God that works in you, but to will fuel and to do the light. All right? So the fuel itself is by his spirit. The fire burning also by his spirit. Praise God. I said praise God. The third characteristic of oil that we'll be looking on, which is part of the activities of the spirit in the life of a believer, is what I will call the oil of gladness. Somebody say the oil of gladness. Somebody say the oil of gladness. Now, it, it, it culturally, anytime a man or a woman was in a time of grief or mourning, part of what they will do is they will abstain from food. That was number one. Number two is they won't wear normal clothing or garments. They would wear sackcloth. All right, that was number two. Number three is that they won't sit in, in their normal couches, all right, but they will sit in ash, all right, just to signify mourning, serious mourning, all right. And number four, part of that is that they will not use any form of oil. They will not use any form of oil so that their skins can look crackled and confirm that there is mourning at work here. Now, that image I have just described is the choice image is the choice image of the camp of the enemy for God's children. He wants us in a perpetual state of dullness, 
in a perpetual state of mourning, in a perpetual state where we are looking at the economy and we are looking at the chances of having a job, the, the, the chances of the business staying open, the chances of, of, of surviving a recession, and he wants to drag God's children into mourning. All right, but part of what oil does is that when the morning is over, glory to God, when the morning is over, when it's turned our morning into dancing again, when it's taking away the sorrow and it's giving us that oil of joy, we will get up, we will arise, all right, and then we have oil once again, and then we have rejoicing. Glory to God. Let me tell you, this can only be by God's Spirit. This is, I'm not talking of happiness. You know, you won the lottery, you got a promotion, you got a raise, you're happy. I'm talking of joy that is, that is, that is unrelated to any other thing going on in your circumstance. Like the, like the, like the apostles in the, in the early church, where they will lock them up, beat them up, and they're just waiting to come out, not to go say that God, that God couldn't protect us when we needed him the most. No, 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 no. They are, they are just waiting, waiting to come out. And they are out to preach again. They are just, they are just, it's, 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 it's oil. It's crazy. It's intoxicating. That is what the Spirit of God can bring about in the life of a believer. Let me tell you, God's plan for your life is gladness. God's plan for your life is joy, even as a spirit of depression and the spirit of heaviness, and a garment of, 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 of sadness, that dark cloud of gloom, is on the rise in this season. It is my prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice that the oil of gladness will rest upon you. Come on, say it like you believe it. The oil of gladness will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. It says, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, he has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. It is my prayer that for your ashes, God will give you beauty in the mighty name of Jesus. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I pray for someone under the sound of my voice this evening, even in the midst of this recession, your life will bring him glory. People will see God's hand, God's move, God's exploits in you and through you, and they'll say, this can only be God. Indeed, there is a God in heaven. That will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. In the, the mighty name of Jesus, praise God. Now, remember, it, it looks like I'm always throwing some pieces here and there for those who are listening with the ear of the Spirit and are ready for some, you know, what we might call deeper revs. Those who won't just listen and close the, the broadcast. Um, those who will go back and take what PD has said and check the scriptures and grow deeper in it. It's like uh, PD was trying to, you know, to finish the sermon. I need to stretch it and hear what the Spirit of God is really saying. So for, so for those people, the scripture is for you. Value-added scripture. VAS. Alright. For those who want more, a little bit more. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It says, but it is. I'll read it just once and we will move on. Alright. So that you will get it. Hmm. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, which comes by the oil of consecration. Peace, which comes by the fuel of supplications, prayers with thanksgiving, and joy 
in the Holy Ghost. We just tied the oil together with that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are you being blessed so far? All right. Fire. As we just run through this, we tie it up together and we pray. Fire. Somebody say fire. This is a Pentecostal favorite. We love fire. You know, we just like to send fire on errands. You know, burn this one, burn that one. Destroy this. Just use any fire anyhow. Anyhow. All right. And thank God for his mercy. Thank God because... <laughs> Let's just go to scripture. Is that fine? Is that fine? All right. Because the Bible tells us in terms of the symbolisms of the spirit. We read it in Acts chapter 2. It says, clothing, divided tongues of fire appeared as of fire. As of fire. Talking about that uh, um, figure of speech there. There is something about fire that, or not something now, things about fire that suggest the character of the Spirit of God. Praise God. Someone is saying, are we going to use the same law of first mention here? Well, if you wanted to, you will find fire showing up first in Genesis chapter 19 on assignment. The Bible says that the fire of God came from heaven, rained down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. All right. So for those who wanted that, let me just give that to you. All right. But one of the first things we want to learn about fire is that fire burns. Fire burns. Somebody say fire burns. I, I need you to, to, to say it like you believe. The fire, it burns. All right. That means that if it looks like fire, but it doesn't burn, then it is not fire. You know, you know for, for, for those who live in this part of the world and are familiar with fireplaces or with furnaces, which essentially, uh, before shelter became sophisticated, people will, you know, get, gather wood together and make a fire and sit around it just to keep warm, all right? And then eventually, um, the, the idea of a fireplace or a uh, or, or, a, or a furnace, in-house furnace, also require that in your house you could still reproduce that, that warmth. All right, and in today's world, a lot of most of those fireplaces are now electric. All right, so the image there is something generating warmth for you. All right, so that you feel the warmth, but that image you are seeing it is a picture. And in the same way, there are many believers who look as though they are on fire speak as though they are on fire, shout as though they are on fire, but you come near them and you feel no warmth. That's when you know this is not fire. There is no quickening. There is no, there is no, there is no transfer of energy. You know, this, this, this can be fire. This can be fire. Praise God. So what are the things about fire that are suggestive of the dynamics of the Spirit of God? We'll look at four very quickly. Four very quickly. Fire is an important recipe on the altar of sacrifice. On the altar of sacrifice, fire is an important recipe. If you have every other thing and you do not have the fire, all right, then it means that you are not having really an altar of sacrifice. All right? If you have the wood, if you have the lamp, or you have the sun on it, all right? Some, some people already know the scripture we are going to next. All right? If you have all of those, all right, the, 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 the sacrifice can be reprovided. The wood can be rearranged. The knife, the, the instrument of slaughter, all those things we can improvise. But at the end of the day, this thing has to burn. It has to burn. If it's going to be an altar of sacrifice, there must be fire. Fire. Genesis 22, verse 6. 
Genesis 22, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. All right? And for those who are familiar with this story, Abraham told his servants on this journey. He says, you know what? Stay here, guys. I and the lad, we're going yonder to a place of worship. We're going to worship. All right? And what they termed worship was, 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 wasn't something, wasn't something nice and tidy. It was something bloody. It was something painful. It was the altar of sacrifice. And the key recipe there was fire. The duty of the fire was to burn, was to burn, was to burn the altar of sacrifice. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be that God, still by his spirit, provides this fire upon altars to ensure that there is constant fragrance and incense rising up to him? Could it be? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you pre present your bodies as a living sacrifice, verse 1 first, as a living sacrifice, holy, holy, acceptable unto God. He says, for this is your reasonable service. And we come to verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Verse 1 talks about a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. A sacrifice that is set on fire, but is not destroyed. Instead, it is refined. Same fire. A sacrifice on the altar that is not burnt, but is refined by the fire on that altar. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. It gives us a picture. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. That in the master plan of the dimensions of this fire in the life of a believer, it will have continuous burning, all right, but it's actually continuous refinement, not destruction. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. It was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. We offer our lives as a living sacrifice on the altar of perpetual sacrifice, with the fire of his spirit constantly burning, such that we are not consumed, but we are constantly revived, constantly bringing warmth, constantly blazing fire all around us. Praise God. Praise God. You know something else about fire? You, when you pass it on, you don't reduce. When you pass it on, you can, you can be in a room with 50 people, first-timers, new converts, recently born again, and all 50 of them baptized with the Holy Ghost on fire, on fire, on fire. And they go out. The fire continues. The fire continues. Hmm. Hmm. I was tempted to digress a bit to the story of Samson. Tempted, heavily tempted to digress. Ah, but because of our time, no more digressions. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It is my prayer that the fire of God will rest upon your life. It is my prayer that the fire of God will rest upon your life. Let me tell you why you need fire on your altar. The fire burns 
He burns things that shouldn't be on the altar. Things that shouldn't be there will be consumed. All right? Things that shouldn't be there will be consumed. There is a fervency, a fervency to the fire that the Holy Ghost brings. A, a, a fervency, a quickening, not just, I mean, when, when, when you meet a believer who is on fire, you know, I was having a, a, a discussion with my wife and when we talked about the spirits upon and the spirits within. And we were just like, you know what, casual activity, let's just Google it, let's check. How many Christians are there in the world? The population of the world, maybe 7 billion, 7.5 billion, maybe approximately. Like how many? And we saw 2 point, I think 2.18 billion people are Christians. I was like, what? Imagine 2.18 billion people filled with the Spirit of God on fire. Imagine, imagine it. Now, I am not judging you. This is a challenge. This is a challenge. If it's fire, it will burn. If it burns, the world will feel it. The world will feel it. I don't know if you're hearing me. Your family will feel it. Your neighbors will feel it. Your streets will feel it. Someone somewhere will feel it. Your city should feel it. Your nation should feel it. And that fire is coming all over again. For these are the days of his power. See the spirit of the Lord. That I am dropping mantles of fire across the cities of the world. As my children raise an altar of consecration. My fire falls afresh. It consumes everything that is not of me. And it purifies and refines everything that is of me. For thus says the spirit of the Lord. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. There is fervency that fire brings. Fervency. Fervency that fire brings. Fervency. You will want to do otherwise. Fire will compel you. Fire doesn't burn in your house. All right. And you go sit down and say, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll deal with it tomorrow. No. Fire requires fervency. It requires fervency. It requires fervency. It requires fervency. Some of you are trying to cook. You're trying to get stuff done. You know, sometimes you don't even turn it on. Sometimes you put it on low, not knowing that it's on low. All right? The, 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 the dimensions of our time doesn't require slow heat. It doesn't require long cooking. All right? It requires intense fire. Intense fire. All right? In these end times, in these last days, intense fire. And it is my prayer that that fire will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus, that fervency will be rebirthed again on your inside. You, you, yes, you at some time, you know when you were on fire. You know when you just couldn't wait to study the word. You know how you could spend time in the place of prayer. Now it's just, it's just, you know, and you're saying, I desire this fire all over again. I don't know what, what came upon me. I settled into a comfort zone. I moved into a new country. I didn't have to pray about light. I didn't have to pray about school fees. All right. I didn't have to pray about a lot of things. So I didn't feel like I needed God. Hey, come on, come on, come on. The fire of the Holy Ghost upon your life is coming alive again and you will be quickened. In the name of Jesus, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 to 11. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 to 11. This is an interesting scripture, all right? It, it, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting one. Let me just put it that way. This is Jeremiah saying, oh Lord, you induced me. I like the way King James puts it, induced me. All right, some of you won't get that. It says, and I was persuaded. This is making this scripture sound nice, all right? It says, you are stronger than I. Than I. And I've prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. So you can see that it wasn't feeling good. This wasn't uh, hippie, hippie, hoppy feeling for Jeremiah. He says, for when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted, violence and plunder. But the word of the Lord was made to me. A reproach and a derision daily. He's saying, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to be a believer. I'm trying to live this Christian life. But 
You know, people just laugh at me. My friends laugh at me. When I bring out my Bible, I'm scrolling. You know, I'm reading you version and they're on Twitter and they're checking the latest fad and I'm just here trying to understand the message from Sunday and they're just laughing at me, laughing at me, all right? And sometimes you're trying to remind yourself, I am in the world, I'm not of the world, but they are mockery. There are times where the mockery gets to you, it gets to you. The parties, they are going, you just don't feel comfortable in that kind of setting and you're feeling like your life is so boring. What kind of life is this? I'm going to be young, you know, Y-O-L-O, you only live once. I'm going to live this life. God is going to understand. I will go. I will come back. He's going to have mercy on me. And then I'll show up in church on Sunday, lift up holy hands, you know, and, and, and give him all the glory. And then go back on Monday and, you know, the same cycle. Because you're trying to avoid the mockery of your friends. You're trying to, 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 you don't, some of you don't even want to be caught or suspected to be Christian. You can't invite anyone to church. You can't. Pastor keeps shouting and shouting, invite. Mm, feed it. <laughs> right. Right, share the link. His link to share. Come and send it to yourself. All right. That's literally the attitude. Because nobody must know that you love Jesus or that Jesus loves you. Nobody must know. You are, you are, you are in the secret service of the kingdom. Undercover believer. Hmm. Hmm. This is a serious sermon. Just and we are a serious church, just in case you were wondering. Praise God. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. Not speak anymore in his name. He says, I tried to fight it, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. I could not. And that is the generation rising now. Hey, come on. Did you hear me? That is the generation rising now. A generation with fire shut up in your bones. A generation with... And let me tell you, the people you're hiding Jesus from, their lives are so empty that they wish you would just tell them about your Jesus. The peace you have and you take for granted. That's what they are looking for with all those pornographic sites and those uh, addictions to, to, to drugs and all those things that they are trying out. They are looking for a solution. And you are hiding the solution. It is my prayer that it will be like, like, like fire in your bones in the mighty name of Jesus. You will try to fight it, all right, but you will not be able to fight it. The fervency of the Spirit will take you over. In the mighty name of Jesus. First Kings 18, as we begin to tie this up. First Kings 18, 37 and 38. First Kings 18, 37 and 38. Is it there on your screen? It's not there on your screen. It's a familiar story, you know, uh, popularly called the, 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 the contest at Carmel. The contest. Okay, they have it. The contest at Carmel. So, Elijah, the prophet of God, had teased the prophets of Baal. It was a showdown, essentially. Showdown essentially. And then, I, I, every time I read this story, I come to the conclusion that the prophets of Baal, at some point in their prophetic lives, pardon my use, at some point in their balling, or balling, praise God, at some point in their worship of Baal, they must have interacted with calling down fire. How else would you agree to such a public display all right, if you didn't have a degree of confidence that your bow will respond. <laughs> but that day, God said, no, 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 no. You've been using fire since today. No fire. The real God, the real God of heaven, the real God of the universe, all right, I'm domiciling my power. 
You've been playing with fire. No, 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 not today. Only one fire is coming today. And I love what Elijah did. The Bible says, Elijah, Elijah, hello, glory to God. You need to sit down on the scripture and you discover that all of the theatrics and all of the, the drama that the prophets of Baal did from morning till night, Elijah was just waiting till the time of the evening sacrifice. Woo! Someone is going to get that. He was just waiting for the set time. And then he said, you know what? I know we are supposed to be taking water away from this altar. All right, because we want it to burn. He said, but bring fire. There is a kind of fire whose fuel isn't water. Okay, let's go. Let's go on. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. It says it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood, it licked up the wood. It, now, listen to this. It says consumed wood and the stones, fire that melts stones, and the dust, the dust representing flesh there, rep representing carnality. It licked up the water. Everything that should prevent fire, that should douse ignition, licked everything up that was in the trench. The fire of God fell. It's my prayer that the fire of God will fall upon your life. It will burn those threads and shreds and remnants of flesh and carnality. That affection and obsession with the world, with the lust of the eyes, with the pride of, 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 of life, and, and, and all those things that appeal from the world. The, the, the fire of God will lick it up in the name of Jesus. You will become fervent by His Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Two more things that the fire does. These two, we'll just mention them and we will pray. We will mention them and we will pray. Um, the next one is that fire reveals character. Fire reveals character. It means the same fire, the outcome will be determined by what you put in it. If it is hay, if it is wood, if it is dust, it will be consumed, ashes will be left. If it is precious metal, if it's silver, if it's gold, it will come out finer, come out purer, come out more refined. And that is the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. It, 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 it refines us, makes us more brilliant, makes us to come out gold. And especially in a season of adversity like this, that is part of what the Spirit of God is, is, is achieving in His children. What seems like a tough time for the world is building us up, equipping us up. It's times when we are picking up new ideas, new strategies, all right, by the Spirit of God. Praise God. Let's read two scriptures there and we will move on. First Corinthians 3, verse 13. Not this one, First Corinthians 3, First Corinthians 3, not this one, John 16, not this one. Okay, they don't have it there. First Corinthians 3, verse 13 to 15. It's talking about the works, the works will be tested through fire, through fire, through fire, all right? It says like silver, like gold, like wood, like A, like stubble. The fire will reveal the content. The fire will reveal the content. The fire will reveal the content. They don't have it yet for us. All right. If anyone's work, which he has built on, it endures, he will receive a reward. But that is verse 14. That's fine. Let's take it from verse 13, please, if we can, just to give it full context. It says, each one's work will become clear. Somebody say, will become clear. So the fire reveals the essence of what is put in it. It says, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And then we saw the other things there. Let's jump to Malachi. Let's jump to Malachi chapter 3, verse 2. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 3. They can put it up for us there. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 
and verse 3. It's a scripture about the refiner's fire. Behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your solemn feasts, and one will take you away with it. Malachi chapter 3, not chapter 2. There's no spreading of, of refuse. Malachi chapter 3, chapter 3, chapter 3. All right, let's give them a second. If not, we will move on. A second or two seconds. Thank you. That's it. All right. Malachi 3, chapter, two, chapter 3, verse 2. It says, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. Let's go to verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, representing their precious metals. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Praise God. Praise God. The last thing about fire that we want to see, as brightly as it can burn, as, as, as extendable, all right? You know, when we talk of exponential capacity in terms of one, going from one, two, three, four, to one, five, ten, hundred, one thousand, one billion, one of the things with exponential, in fact, ridiculous exponential in science, they'll call it complex systems, where, where unpredictability in, in the spread begins to set in is fire. Fire, fire is, is like that. It, it, it can start little in a corner, and then before you know it, the whole place wild, all right. There's something called wildfire, as great as all of those is. The Bible also tells us that fire can be quenched, fire can be quenched, fire can be quenched, fire can be extinguished. Fire of the Spirit of God can be extinguished, it can be extinguished. First Thessalonians 5, verse 19. Very simple says, Quench not the Spirit, it's an instruction. Quench not the spirit. Another version says, do not extinguish the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Dear child of God, you're wondering, well, how can I quench the spirit of God? How can I quench the spirit of God? Um, can you give us first, can you give us the same scripture in the Amplified? If you can, if not, that's absolutely fine. But if you can, give it to us in the Amplified. That would be perfect. Do not quench the spirit. Do not extinguish the Spirit, if it can be found in the Amplified. All right, let's see if they have it for us. If not, then we will move on. Praise God. Praise God. Fire can be quenched. Fire can be extinguished. How? How? Two principal ways that that can be done. Number one is when we insist on our way rather than the way of the Spirit. When we insist on our way rather than the way of the Spirit. And in the moment we are doing that, we usually know. Thank you. He says, do not quench, do not subdue, do not be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not turn a blind eye. You know this is the mind of God's Spirit. Do not fight it. Do not resist it. Do not insist on your own way. Do not insist on tradition. This is how we've always done it. This is how our fathers did it. This is how our uncle did it. This is how, our, how the fathers did it. Therefore, this is how you know this is the leading of the Spirit. Do not be unresponsive. The next verse in Thessalonians says, Do not despise prophesying. Let's not ridicule the things of the Spirit. Let's not quench and snuff out 
the activities of the Spirit. It's a gentle spirit. Let's not snuff out. We can extinguish the fire. John 16, 13, and 14. That's our last scripture for this evening. John 16, 13, and 14. This is Jesus telling us about the character of the Spirit, all right, which is one of the ways that we can extinguish. Thank you. He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, one, he will guide you into all truth. Two, he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Let's go to verse 14. He will glorify me. The moment you want to use the Spirit of God. Now, this is no longer the Spirit of God using you. You want to use the Spirit of God to draw glory to you. Then, you are snuffing, snuffing out. It says, He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Praise God. Praise God. Wherever you are, I just want you to meditate on these words, ruminate on these words. Remember, the oil of His Spirit is coming on you. And we are going to pray shortly. The oil, let's recap, the oil of consecration. The oil that fuels you, it, 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 it fills you with that desire, with a passion for him, with an obsession for him. That oil, all right, and the oil is also an oil of joy, an oil of gladness. And then this fire comes, it burns, it burns, it is, it is, it is, it should be noticed by those around me. I can't be on fire and I'm just on fire in my room, I'm just on fire in my family and no other person knows or feels it. No, that can be fire. The fire burns, the fire refines, the fire reveals, the fire is a recipe on the altar and the fire can be extinguished. Let us begin to thank the Lord for his word this evening and say, Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that has come our way. Thank you for the ministry of your spirits. Thank you for the characters, uh, characteristics of the spirits that we've learned this evening. And we know the workings of the spirits in our lives. Thank you for that oil of consecration. We've tried to keep the Bethel, the house of God, and still use it as the house, as the house of those fleshy lusts, as the house of those fleshy passions, as the house of those other gods. But we've learned that the oil of your spirit brings consecration. That we will know that we have been set apart. It says we have been bought with a price. We are no longer our own. We are no longer our own. We are no longer our own. The oil of consecration sets us apart, fills us with a burning desire for him. With a fuel, fuel that constantly, day and night, day and night, burns continually. And there is an oil of gladness, an oil of joy. No room for heaviness. No room for heaviness. Thank you for the fire of your spirit that burns, that burns, that quickens. Even at times when we don't want to share it, like fire in our bones, we're trying to lock it up, but it's, 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 it's exploding from the inside. Thank you because we do not extinguish your spirit. We do, not, we do not quench the spirit. We do not despise the spirit. We do not grieve the spirit. We do not despise perfect science. Thank you, gracious Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your spirit at work. Thank you because in this very moment, your spirit is at work in the life of your children. Thank you for quickening. Thank you for consecration. Thank you for quickening. Thank you for consecration. Whoa. 
surrender all to you, Jesus. I surrender all to you, Jesus. I surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender all. We surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender all to you, Jesus. We give you everything on this altar as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing of your spirit. Thank you for your power and your mantle of fire. Thank you for the oil of joy and the oil of consecration. Thank you for fuel. Thank you for burning. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Come on, wherever you are, if you have a prayer language, you can begin to pray in the language of the Spirit. You can begin to pray the language of the Spirit wherever you are. As I pray for as many who are saying, yes, 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 I want this experience. I've been in religion for so long. I want this relationship. I'm going to pray for you for as many who are saying, I've lived my life predominantly in sin. I can't say this is the house of God. I can't say this is Bethel. I can't say that the oil of consecration has come. I can't say that I have any interest, any fuel, any passion whatsoever for the, for the things of God. I can't say I have oil of joy or oil of gladness. My mood is dependent on what I see. When I have money in my bank account, I'm good. When I receive some news, that fear comes and overshadows me. I'm under the influence of anxiety and panic attacks. All those come to an end this moment. By virtue of His Spirit, His fire falls on you. And you will burn for Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, set our hearts on fire for you. For you, for you, for you, Jesus. We want to burn for you. We want to burn for you, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Set our hearts on fire for you, Jesus. For you, Jesus. For you, Jesus. For you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with your children, with your sons, and with your daughters that are in this moment making a decision. As your spirit convicts their hearts, they feel, they sense it that, that their hearts are burning within them. That is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And as they come to you, I agree with them in this moment. As they acknowledge their sin, acknowledge their need for a Savior, that Jesus came, He died, took their place nailed their sins on the cross he was buried and he didn't stay there, he couldn't stay there on the third day he rose again he rose again and that he is alive today in them, empowering them by his spirit to live a life that pleases you thank you gracious father for in Jesus name we have prayed I said in Jesus name we have prayed, come on wherever you are jam your hands together and give the Lord a big shout hallelujah glory to god glory 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 to god if you have made that decision if you've made that decision just now if you've made that decision just now that is the best decision in your life that you can ever make trust me it's the best miracle ever all right that one is translated from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous life light 
enormous blessings of redemption. Enormous blessings of redemption. All right, please get in touch. We would love to pray with you. We would love to walk you through this new journey. We would love to show you the support, amazing support system that exists in this new family. We would love to journey with you to celebrate your growth together. All right, so please do not hold back. You can send an email to us, info at kicccanada.ca or you can use the contact form on the website. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.